Before we get started, before we get started, this show is about the game Hero Clicks. It's kind of like chess, but with superpowers. We realize we're complete, total, utter nerds about it. Nerds about it. But you know what? We don't even care. This is Clixinit. This is Clixinit. So if you're a noob, a casual player, or an insane competitive junkie, you found your new home. And now, your gaming superheroes, Adam, Dan, Kane, Austin, and Miles. Let's do this. Hello, everybody out there in Clicksland, and welcome to another episode here on Clicksing It. I, like always, am your host, Adam. This is episode 191. We'll be talking about the Cheesehead Championship results. We'll be prepping for Worlds, and we'll be talking about a few other Heroclix news that has happened the past couple days. We have Ryan, we have Dan, and we have Mr. Tri-Sentinel himself, Lucas Tom Van Hollen, on the show. Welcome, Lucas. What's going on? Uh, Lucas is joining us because he was the winner of the Cheesehead Championship this past weekend, along with Ryan, who got second place in that. So we got our first and second place winners in this. I did not do so hot, and Dan judged. So that's all the results for the people that are on the podcast. But it was a great turnout on Saturday. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, First things first, I want to remind everybody that the Scott Porter figure, is it the black shirt or the white one that's going on sale? Should be the white one, right? The white the one? shirt one with the Huntington's one. Yeah, yeah, because it's the it's the powerbomb one. It's not the supporty <clears throat> one. So that one is going on sale tomorrow. It is the thirtieth this day. I didn't know it's a th- it'd be the first. So sorry, I take that back. It's Friday that's going to be going on sale. I uh, don't know what time. I'm assuming eleven o'clock because that's when the last one was. But you know what happens when you assume things. So just be on the lookout for WizKids. I'm sure Dial H and Clickstoff and everybody else will be posting about uh, when that figure goes live. Uh, I believe, what was the last one? Was it 15 or $25 for the last one? 20 20 So right in between. So uh, be sure to look out for that. Uh, be sure to get on as quick as you can because those will go fast unless they decide to learn from their mistakes and make more of them uh, than they did last time because I think it was only 1000 and then they're going to do another sale session after that for another hundred of them so hopefully they printed out more of those uh for the sale on friday so hopefully everyone can get one uh i doubt those will be legal for worlds even though i heard from um, critical clicks that whisk has made them legal for worlds but no one has them in hand so i don't know um i can't imagine anyone has them for any reason whether it was the huntington's uh charity event or anything like that but uh, I, I doubt you'll see any Scott Porters there at Worlds. Uh, before well, we get... They, well, they are supposed to ship here, I think, on the 1st is what the plan was. And they said as long as that goes to uh, plan, they are supposed to be legal, the 002s. Okay. But no one has really brought that up since that. That's just that's um, what Porter was saying on all the uh, streams, though. Okay. So you have two and a half weeks to get your Scott Porter and able to make it legal at Worlds. So maybe some people will get fast shifting, shipping uh, and get lucky to play them at there. Um, <clears throat> the other news in Hero Cuts I wanted to mention was that we did get another preview at a Black Lantern that got dropped, and that is the Aquaman. Uh, uh, Ryan, you seem pretty impressed with him just by looking at one of the comments you made 
uh, when one of our other teammates wasn't very impressed with this guy. What do you like about this, Aquaman? Uh, I just think all the Black Lanterns are actually pretty cool. Um, just the fact that he is only uh, 40 points with the dolphin symbol, uh, and then he just interacts with the water. I think water is going to be bigger, too, as uh, rotation happens. A lot of these pieces you can't even really look at until rotation. So I think that's just what I'm looking at is a lot of possible opportunities to play some of these pieces when that actually happens. Yeah, he's very aquaman as he should be. His grave terrain markers, they generate, or how does it work? Free generate a grave hindering terrain marker into a square of water terrain four squares away. So he can just make one with the four away. And then he has blades, steel energy, when Aquaman is using poison which he also has opposing characters occupying water terrain within six squares are considered adjacent to him. So that's really good. And then yeah, any of those crazy poisons I really like. And then he's got an impervious, but if he occupies water terrain, he increases the D six by a plus one. So he'd be a four through six and for 40 points, a seven charge, 11 special attack, 18 special defense, three damage. Uh, Battle fairy is not bad at all. And well, got the he, new Justice League team ability too. Yep. Yeah, you, you get. Uh, he increases all of his single D six rolls by one. If you, I didn't know if you were mentioning just as impervious, but it's all single D six. Oh, it's all okay. That's nice. So his blades then can easily be four plus. Then, so if you can give him shape change too, that's gonna or uh, super senses, that's gonna bump it up. I like it. Um, we did get a Harley Quinn. I did not get a chance to look at her at all. Did anyone get a chance to look at her? She is she very interesting. Uh, 25 points, she's really good. Yeah. Uh, she is either, what, 65 or 25. She's got a trait and a special attack power and a special damage power. Her trait is, uh, if you were the first player when an opposing character is damaged by a friendly character's attack after resolutions, deal that opposing character one unavoidable damage. If they're not KO'd, heal them one click. So it's like the, the Reaper trait from Undead, and there's a couple, or like the Justice Lord trait. Uh, then it, she has a unique modifier. If an opponent's force has more characters than yours, friendly characters modify attack and damage plus one. And then her attack power is energy explosion, and then she deals penetrating damage to characters with the monster keyword, uh, which she gets that on clicks one through four, and then her damage power she gets on clicks five, six, and seven, which is her 25-point line, it's empower support. So her modifier plus her empower support can be pretty solid for 25. Yeah, And she's a super rare, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and then she's got Batman, Enemy, and Underworld. So, I mean, 25 points for Underworld, uh, the trait, and then the da the damage power, I think, is actually pretty solid. Yeah, I'm excited for this set. Uh, it should be a fun set to do Team Sealed with at World for you guys, because all three of them are going. I unfortunately cannot. Uh, so, hope you guys pull well for that. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Cheesehead Championship. We had it this past weekend. We had a decent turnout for it here in Wisconsin. Uh, Lucas and his buddies came all the way from South Dakota, which was about an eight-and-a-half-hour drive, so I really appreciate them coming down for that, even though it was a long drive. We're hoping next year to make it a two-day event, a Saturday and Sunday event. That way, if people do have to come from long distances, they can drive that night or the day before, play, and then that way their hotel for that night isn't kind of in vain, but then they can play the next day and then go back the following. Uh, so that is the plan for right now. Uh, I know I'm always up for having people just staying at my house for free. I know Ryan reached out to a few people as well, but you don't have to pay for a hotel if you want to come down for this. We are more than willing to put you up for the night uh, to save on that cost as well. Uh, 
we had I did not make top eight, so I'll go over my build very quickly. But my build was just basically a uh, in my best infomercial voice. That's a lot of damage. It was Blackheart. It was Genesis. It was Apoc. It was Clea Carnage. It was Thunderbolt Ross. And there was one, oh, it was uh, Chainsaw Wonder Woman. It was just basically bent or meant for you to come to me, hit me, and take a lot of damage. And then hopefully I can scoop up the remains. Didn't work out the best. Uh, first game I played against Jeremy, which is one of the locals at that store. He played a Scarlet Witch with an Arachnite, and he just ruined me uh, in more ways than one. But uh, with all my stop clicks, it didn't mean much because he just kind of ate through it. Second game I played against my teammate Dalton. Uh, the only reason why he kind of alphaed me with his Sky Tyrant was I put my people one block away so that his Sky Tyrant couldn't get me, but he drew the tarot card that lets you increase your Perplex by plus two, the one with, uh, uh, what's that green guy's name? Doop. Doop. Doop, thank you. Uh, so he was able to get to me, so he just perplexed all the way up to three, came over and hit my Thunderbolt Ross. He hit him for three. And then he flurried again, killed my Thunderbolt Ross, but then I brought him back with Chainsaw Wonder Woman, and then uh, Sky Tyrant just died because he just took uh, four clicks of damage, three from Thunderbolt Ross and one from Clea, and I was up 50 points, and I just kind of slowly irked my way up to his starting line, and he got a few pieces of me uh, afterwards, but I just was able to edge it out. And then in my third game, I played against another local, Anthony. He had a very interesting team. I don't know if Lucas or Ryan, you played against him, but he played two Doctor Stranges from Avenger 60th. He played the, <clears throat> excuse me, play at home Captain America, Black Widow from um, War of the Realms, the Iconics Wolverine, and Valeria Von Doom. Uh, so he was all about that crush thing with Wolverine, which he made it with Black Widow. Um, I just, I think I lost by 10 or 15 points just because I couldn't get through his senses and things like that. Uh, and then I ended up losing that one. And then the fourth game, I was actually tied with, I believe it was Dalton for the buy. We rolled off Dalton won, <clears throat> and I got the buy and that actually bumped me from all the way to last place to ninth place. So technically I was two and two on the day, which is about my average for competitive tournaments. So I was happy with that. Uh, so that was my uh, Cheesehead Championship experience. The only other thing I'll talk about is that me, uh, who was the other guy that you brought, Lucas? I forget his name. Um, not Mater, not Ethan. So Kevin. Kevin. Uh, <clears throat> Kevin, myself. Uh, other Cheesehead Ryan and Dalton decided to do a Battle Royal with Avenger 60th. There are four boosters left because I bought one earlier in the day, pulled a Screaming Mimi. Dan bought one. He pulled a Hammer, and there were four left. So we decided to do that, and we pulled a Dark Phoenix. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, I already blanked on his name. What was his name, Lucas? Kevin. Kevin. Kevin actually is the one that pulled the Dark Phoenix, but... Um, there were a lot of other little figures on the board. Dalton had a really good team with his. I think I pulled a star brand, but I kept the iron, um, sorry, the war machine and a couple other things. Dalton ended up beating me by 10 points. So I was 10 points away from getting a dark Phoenix. Uh, so that was the only battle royal we did, but it was fun. <clears throat> so um, the top eight ended up being Anthony in eighth place, Jeremy seventh, Matt Peterson as sixth. 
Uh, Christine Ryan's wife has fifth. Alex Meter got fourth. Ethan Jacobs got third and fellowship. And then Ryan and Lucas duked it out in the finals, and Lucas just edged him out. So let's start off with Ryan. Talk a little bit about uh, your Swiss rounds and how you made it all the way to the finals. Maybe anything particular that you want to talk about, and then talk a little bit about your team. Uh, I played uh, pretty much the same team that I played at the Illinois and Wisconsin states. I just changed the map out, um, but it's the Prime Spider-Man with the all-black, Sakarian with the cloak, Black Skull starts on the map with the symbiote, and typically I'll give that to Skinny Steve, who's on my team just for leadership. Uh, and then Mephisto, Madam Web, who has the web shooters, and then Star Sapphire with the Star Sapphire ring. Uh, full sideline of Masters of Evil chases, and then I changed out uh, to Avengers Tower for one of my maps, and then also played the Critical Clicks Headquarters and Battlegates, which uh, typically I was going to Battlegate to take out people. Uh, and then the Tarot uh, was the Nine of Pentacles, which is sidestep, is three instead of two. Five of Swords, which is the super strength one, where if you do an action and you have super strength, you can immediately hold a standard object. Then Impervious is plus one uh, with Ten of Cups. Queen of Wands is the single D6 rolls is plus one. And then the last one, which came in clutch quite a few times, is the Emperor, uh, which is when this card comes into play, uh, you choose your highest point character, and they gain Colossal and Safeguard Outwits. Uh, so that was uh, probably the biggest one of the day was that card that came into play. I added that, I think, for Wisconsin States. Uh, but my first matchup was against Anthony Boykin that you were talking about, his team. Um, he moved up. After picking map, he uh, he went to the middle pretty quick, and so I just uh, went in pretty fast on him, and uh, I was able to get him 300 to 0. And then I played Tyler next, who he beat me at Wisconsin, so I definitely wanted to get him back. He did change his team quite a bit and uh, played Merlin, which I think the biggest deal with Merlin is he really just slows down the game, so it's a lot harder to start fighting, and then you're kind of just scrambling at the end to do whatever you can. Uh, but I was able to kind of just start hitting him uh, near the end of the game and ended up at 205-20. He also did end up playing Robot Doom, so he was really banking on that three actions and then three free actions, but the problem with Doom is he can just get one-shotted nowadays with all the figures out there. Yeah, he's a little bit easier to take out now. Yeah, the um, but it, biggest thing with uh, Merlin I've noticed is he really does slow down Spider-Man quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, just because of the sheer number of free actions that Spider-Man takes. Um, however, he's 50 points of does nothing else, and that is a problem in the current in the current meta because of how efficient all the figures are. I will point out, um, Doom may lock your actions down to three, but you still get four uh, free actions, just for yep. what it's worth. Can you explain why? Because so, Doom only puts your costed actions down to three. Merlin, you get one free action per your action pool. So with leadership, oh. you're up to four. Okay. So even though you only get three costed actions a turn, you still get to keep the extra for your free from Merlin. So there's a difference between pool and actual leadership actions? So Doom doesn't doesn't impact the, 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 the action pool. It yeah. just says that the most costed actions you can take is equal to one for every 100 points of the build total. Okay. So he doesn't actually care what your action pool is. That's why he also impacts things like autonomous characters. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. 
And then round three, Ryan? Uh, so round three, uh, I played uh, Alex Mater, who he had a Scarlet Witch build with um, Scarab. And we, I got to pick map, so I went to that uh, battle gate again. And uh, he kind of ruined up pretty quick and then barriered up behind. And I moved up halfway through. And uh, for most of the game, he was up only 15 points because he was able to mind control my um, Sakarian and he took out my skinny Steve right away. And so the, we kind of just went creeping up back and forth a little bit and he was able to keep outwitting me and I really wasn't able to get the cards that I needed to come up for terror that I was waiting for. And then uh, his last turn right before the game ended, um, the star came up and he attacked and crit missed. So he crit hit and uh, scored another 35 points on, I don't remember what it was. Um, so he ended up uh, going over me 40 to zero. And then after that, uh, I went and played uh, Ethan for the first time of the day. And uh, he went in pretty quick. We fought pretty much like right away. He was able to blow up a wall with um, Ghost Goblin. And then uh, my counterattacks just kind of hit him pretty hard and, and took him out. And uh, that one I came up uh, 300 to 80. And then that was what was that we did four rounds of swiss yeah 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 okay so yeah that was the uh the swiss then and then we went into top eight and i played uh jeremy uh final score was 110 to 85 um we kind of moved up again i played battlegate a lot of people decided to go first so i was able to pick map a lot and uh i was just taking people there so we fought pretty quick because i prefer to get aggressive and uh and just fight uh the hard thing about uh, that team is that with uh my spider-man having the all black and not the black um symbiote he's taking mystic damage and then also pushing so he uh he came close to to dying uh, a few times um but i ended up uh coming out on that one too towards the end is where uh, it was really close in the middle uh, but ended up taking that 110 to 85 and then uh, for top four, we went into uh, I went against uh, Ethan again, and uh, he actually took map and went to the construction site, and uh, he moved up to the middle, and I didn't notice that he put his um, killmonger in next to his whole team, so I went into pulse wave with uh, Sakarian, and all I saw was like a bunch of red with the two um, Carnage Silver Surfers, and so I brought. Sakarian out there and pulse waved and he hit his killmonger roll that I didn't even realize was there So I was pretty nervous for most of the game. Um, the biggest thing with that is I was actually able to take out Both carnage silver surfers in one turn with spider-man and uh, they already had healed up I think one was up two clicks and the other one was up one um, So that was pretty big being able to knock him back and, and do a decent amount of damage to him um, and then I was able to pick apart uh, some of the other pieces. So it was really close for most of the game. And then near the end is where I kind of was able to take off and go 220 to 75. Um, and then we went into the uh, the final game, which uh, I'll let Lucas talk about that one. <clears throat> um, before we do that, I do want to do a special shout out to Dan and to Anthony Barnstable for doing all the judging at the event. Uh, that's always a big um, tasks to do. So I appreciate them both doing that. I was hoping for a little bit more people to come. That's why I asked, uh, Anthony, but, um, he still said he would come even though we didn't have that big of a turnout. Uh, so I'm just glad that we had two great judges for the event. 
Uh, so Lucas, uh, like I said, ended up winning the game. We'll have Lucas go over his team and his thought behind it, and then we'll have him go quick round by round how he did. So Lucas, take it away. Sure, I suppose. So I played a figure that everybody thought was dead, and I like to I like to play different stuff all the time. You guys know that. Um, and so the last time I think anybody's played this bad boy was in World last year. So I played the 2x2 two two Apocalypse um, because I think he's still great. Uh, as soon as he got errated to give up five points Pog, everybody thought that he wasn't worth playing. And I say nay-nay to that. Uh, I think he's awesome. So my team was Apoc at 100, Scarab, Mad Jim Jaspers with the uh, uh, Radioactive Clay, Genesis with Swordbearer, Apocalypse with Swordbearer, and Mephisto. Um, so it was a ruler theme team. And I, uh, for what it's worth, uh, I had six objects on my sideline. So that would have been All Black, Shot Gauntlets, Emotional Modifier, Indigo Tribe Ring, Time Platform, Lasso of Truth. And then for Tarot, it was Willpower, Single D6 plus one, uh, 2D6 on Blades, The Sun... Uh, mind control and in cap cards, um, and uh, yeah, the thought process. I know Adam streamed a few games, so if you kind of want to see how the team functions, I would recommend uh, watching those vods if they're available. But the thought process is, I can kind of hole up in the corner of the map, use Scarab to control the tempo of the game, and then as soon as my opponent gets into my face, because they kind of have to come to me since I'm playing Scarab, um, I have uh, some pretty powerful attacks uh, that all deal minimum four damage with blades. Uh, the team is insanely durable, hard to kill, um, a lot of mastermind, a lot of stop clicks, a lot of healing, um, a lot of mystics. So it, uh, it functioned exactly the way that I was hoping it would, um, and it's probably something that I'll end up looking at playing at for Worlds. A few tweaks here and there, of course. Uh, so round one was against Ethan Jacobs. Uh, like Ryan had mentioned, he played against Ethan twice. Uh, Ethan was running the double surfer team. Um, basically he came up to me, tried to hit me, couldn't due to some rollouts and some, uh, some mastermind. And then I just, uh, took, uh, apocalypse with the necro sword because that's, uh, right now that's my favorite thing to do with mad Jim is assign apoc the necro sword. It just seems really, uh, really goofy. Uh, and just started murdering surfers and that game was over. Um, second match was against, uh, Ryan's lovely wife, Christine. Um, I think that Christine was playing a, a version of a team that all the figures she's used to, but not uh, something that she had put on the board a whole lot. So she wasn't really sure what to do against my team. And so she kind of just inched up for 50 minutes, which as you guys know, versus Scarab, you never really want to do. You want to rush the Scarab player. Um, so uh, Christine wasn't able to score any points other than maybe a Pog uh, versus me. I can't remember exactly, but I was able to take that one uh, fairly, uh, fairly simply. Round three was against Jeremy and his mystical team. Uh, Jeremy did the exact same thing Christine did. He inched up. Um, I mind-controlled Jeremy's um, uh, Arachnite uh, three or four different times to murder his Mephisto uh, because he assigned his Arachnite the Necrosword, and you get equipment on mind control now. So I just kept farming his his own Mephisto, and then once he finally got to me, it was too late. He couldn't score any or enough points to get ahead. Um, and then round four... Uh, was against Alex Mater, uh, who was playing Scarlet Witch. In my opinion, Scarlet Witch is probably my hardest matchup, just because my team relies on its powers. 
And um, I was able to outposition, outmaneuver in um, in Swiss. I beat Alex 35 to 10. Um, we ended up playing again in top four, where I had a little bit more of a decisive win because I uh, outplayed him on a on mind control play to murder his scarab. Um, in uh, top eight, I'll go there first. I did play against Anthony. He had mentioned uh, Anthony's neat little team that he was playing. I thought it was really cool. Unfortunately, I didn't think Anthony's team was meant for a whole lot of glory, but it uh, didn't make it any less cool. I do like that uh, Iconics Wolverine quite a bit, but uh, I just kind of moved my pieces around a little bit and, you know, made some attacks and that sort of thing and tried not to make it uh, such a one-sided game because that's just never fun when you just get clobbered, especially when you make it to top eight. Um, so that, that was... Uh, fairly straightforward match and then yeah like i said in top four i played against alex again and that that game was a little bit more one-sided than our first one um and then our last game was against uh against ryan and my team was designed um to be able to handle spider-man and that was the first spider-man that i played all day um ryan did get a little bit of a fast one on me with the um combination of madam web and spider-man that was not something that i was was on my radar and when i saw madam webb i just went oh he's trying to prob twice on spider-man that's literally the only thing that went through my head i completely forgot about her uh trait to move things through the wall so ryan came out swinging and uh <laughs> i clapped back to to weaken his spider-man a little bit uh, i think i also got a fast one on ryan because he forgot that i copied the time platform on scarab so he wasn't able mm -hmm. to murder my scarab yep um and then, yeah, he ended up killing Scarab on the other side of the map. But on that next turn, I I killed his uh, his Master of Evil, which he was on Kid Thanos at the time. And once once Thanos was dead, Spider-Man had no more ways to heal other than steal energy. So then Thanos or uh, Apoc came in and murdered uh, murdered Spider-Man. And I got up on points and kind of just whittled down a little bit. And then as soon as it was Apoc and Genesis versus Sackman and Madam Web, I was like, oh, time for me to leave. Um, so I kind of deuced out, and yeah, time got called, and I was up by 10 points. So it was the right the right decision not to fight. Uh, <clears throat> because Sackman. you chose, I think, the turn before to use a Necro Sword in an object attack. Uh, yeah, you, put I you over the object top. attack with a Necro Sword. Yep. Because if now, you didn't, you would have lost by five. Yep. Well, it, assuming he kills War on the next turn as well. Um, but yes. Um, the, the biggest thing was, yeah, I was debating whether or not to flurry with APOC or just do a object attack with the Necrosword to punch Sackman. And yeah, the object attack ended up being the correct decision. Now I needed nines. So it wasn't like it was, uh, a, a clut, a, a super hard decision to make, but you know, if I flurry with APOC and I hit one or both of those attacks, I could have killed Sackman and then the game is obviously just completely over. But I was like, eh, nines with maybe a prob uh, for and a prob against. That's not a good idea. So I elected not to do that, and it worked out. So now you told me, and maybe you can go a little bit more into depth, but how is this team good at controlling Prime Spider-Man? Is it just about control with the time platform, or is there some other aspect to it? So kind of like how Ryan was, was talking about, um, when uh, Prime Spider-Man right now, everybody's playing with the Necrosword, right? Between... Nate White and Pat Frazier and a few other players and then Alex winning Nats with it. It's pretty popular now to play Spidey with a Necrosword. 
right? And it doesn't take a rocket surgeon to figure out that that's a good combination. Well, the only downside to playing Spidey with the Necrosword is he doesn't have steel energy. So essentially the sheer amount of Mystics access that I have on the team can can kind of cause Spidey to effectively kill himself. Um, you know, I'm playing APOC in Genesis, so if he hits either of them to their stomp, he immediately loses his Necrosword and I get all of my rollouts, which Spidey does not like. Um, and then, yeah, I'm utilizing the Scarab. I can, because the Spidey's going to be equipped and the Sackman is equipped, uh, I'm able to, you know, outwit things as necessary uh, for the most part, whether it be the speed power, the uh, the super strength, or even like on Sackman, you know, hypersonic or super strength or something of the same um, same effect. So the the strategy that I had didn't quite work as I had anticipated, just because I didn't position super great again because I just didn't see the Madam Web play coming. Um, but in in general. I can pretty much set up so that the only good target you have is Big Boy Apoc, and that's just not a great target for Spider-Man to hit, or anybody for that matter. So, um, it was, uh, yeah, it's just a really hard team to take down, and, you know, as Alex found out, just when you think that you have me figured out on how I'm going to play the team, I'm usually trying to do something different <laughs> and positioning differently, which uh, throws off a lot of math, a lot of... Uh, a lot of things and matchups so that that was kind of the idea you know because uh last year when everybody was playing big apoc at worlds he didn't give up any points so he could just keep masterminding to his pogs with impunity which was fine but the one thing he didn't have was access to uh, genesis and, and and small apoc well this year he does and uh, big apoc has blades on dial so he gets the blades roll out he has the traded shape change his minimum blades result is four um it's just all really good. He's just a really, really solid figure. And, and uh, yeah, it's a ruler theme. So, And if you don't know about the Madam Web play that Lucas is talking about, she has a trait that says choose a friendly character with Spider-Man uh, family keyword within four squares until your next turn. That character has improved movement for blocking and for characters. So what Lucas did on his map was he kind of used those uh, blocking terrains from the play at home kit to kind of box himself in. But then Ryan just chose Prime Spider-Man, and he just walked right through that stuff and was able to go after his whole team. So, that so was for it. what it's worth, Ryan boxed me in. Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, Ryan boxed me in, which which that if anything threw me off, it was that because I've never seen somebody make me more blocked in. Um, usually they're trying to get to me, and so I I blocked myself in even more. Um, but the big difference was is that I had a one square open. Um where I put a barrier down with Mad Jim. And if I would have put uh, APOC there, like I should have, um, it wouldn't have been uh, as much of an issue. But again, I, I didn't see the Madam Web play coming. That was a great a great uh, thing. And to add insult to injury, Ryan also hit uh, uh, the Emperor, which gave him protected outwit. Not like I remember to use outwit with uh, Scarab anyways, but the, the great size and the giant reach three um, made that even harder. So... It was and oh, was and and to add even more point. insult to injury, I'm pretty sure I pulled charge plus two speed. Yes, uh, you which did. Is not <laughs> not a great uh, card to have in that situation. I'm actually I'm actually I've already removed it from my deck because I didn't <laughs> it didn't come up a single time for me in seven games. Not once did I get the benefit from the plus two speed on the charge. So I was like, you know what, forget this. 
this card's going away. It's uh, going back out to pasture. We'll, well, and if uh, we'll your strategy is to stay back and not really have them come to you, there's no need to have that in there. Well, so what a lot of people try to do is that like they'll come in with sack man, they'll shoot something, and then they'll dip they'll dip back behind a corner or something. Uh. Um, so my thought process was okay if I give myself the plus two speed, Genesis, Apoc, they all have charge. Um, Genesis charging six squares instead of four is pretty useful in that situation. Um, so that's kind of where my th- my head was there. But I'm thinking I'll probably just stick with the uh, the mind control card because that one did come up several times and it was very useful. So I will I will continue to use that. Uh, so yeah, Lucas did end up winning. Like I said uh, winning against Ryan by I think it was ten points. So Lucas is actually walking away with a case of Notorious that will be shipped to him, and then he also got the Cheesehead Trophy that was made by Jonathan Virgilio. Uh, so he can add that to his collection in his little Heroclix cave that he has at his house. And then Ryan's going to be walking away with a brick of Notorious. Alex Mater and Ethan Jacobs got third and fourth, so they're going to be splitting a brick together, so five each. And then Ethan walked away with Fellowship, so he gets a brick of Notorious and then a trophy as well. We were hoping to pay out uh, Notorious boosters through all through top eight, but because we didn't have the numbers we needed for that prizing, we had to change it up a little bit for that. So we just gave boosters to three and fourth, and then fifth through eighth got to pick three prizes from the pool of prizes that we collected through our um, teammates and through Glass Gamut Hobbies and things like that. So uh, you did walk away with a lot if you just show, showed up. So whoever got even 13th place got to walk away with three items from the... Um, prize pool now lucas you i remember you were interested in that zombie board game did you walk away with that or did somebody else walk away with that no i was just curious on what that was oh i was like like, what is what the heck is this thing um no i i ended up getting i took uh like a dyson token pack of a60 a cosmo legacy card which is somewhere i'm sure and uh old man hawkeye i just grabbed i basically just grabbed three things from the list i wasn't super worried about it because everything that was out there was stuff i already had um which is which is fine i'm not uh not worried about that it, it probably will be one of those situations where i'll just uh put a different uh color bow tie on and re-gift it you know like i normally do because uh, i have the same philosophy when i run my tournaments i like i like everybody who shows up that pays me money to play uh to at least get something so yeah i i share that sentiment that's what i like to do i like the people to whatever they pay to make it kind of worth the pay that they put in and the travel time to walk away with something. I don't like to have people walk away empty handed. Um, one thing while talking to Anthony Barnstable and that this is not to take away from your second place finish at nationals at all, but apparently Lucas or Lucas did play a dark side mission point team. Uh, he played it at our States uh, a couple months ago and then he played it at nationals, but apparently dark side can't gain mission points according to Anthony Barstable. Uh, does anyone want to go over why that is now? It's because of how Darkside is worded specifically. Yeah. So if you read his card, which hold on, let me grab that. Uh, there we go. So Darkside's trait says knock back when a friendly character knocks back one or more opposing characters of at least one character they knocked back hasn't been knocked back this turn, gain one mission point. So it checks to see who hasn't been knocked back, but because he's knocked them back, they can't be not knocked back. Oh, that's very confusing the way that's worded. Uh, so you just you, he'll never gain mission points. 
Yep, that's exact. Dan's got it exactly right. It it checks for whether or not the character has been knocked back, but it also checks to double check to see if the character hasn't yet been knocked back. So basically, it's a double. It's a yes and a no at the same time. Yeah. And so since both criteria haven't been met, you don't get mission points. Now, obviously, intent is a thing, and I don't think any judge with the worth their salt is going to look at that and go, yeah, that 75 point piece you played. It's just worthless <laughs> now. Um, I mean, so, you can make it, you can make a tax, you know, that's about it though. That mission point trades utterly useless. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it's one of those things where, um, which it, is kind of surprising I, because it's, it was three sets ago and maybe there's been some inner talkies between other people, but I'm surprised nobody else has caught on to that until just last saturday maybe I mean, it's it, the same it, thing with the team up cards right like people people don't you, you don't play it often enough and when you're when you're looking over it you just think oh yeah that makes sense in your head yeah and then you actually sit there and dissect the the, the language and actually look at it and you go wait a second that just doesn't work um we have that all the time when we're looking at sets because like myself Stable, Adam Friedman, PJ. We, we constantly dis- dissect figures when they're released or like when they're previewed. And it's like you'll look at that and go, this just doesn't work. And it's like, how'd that make it plas- past playtesting or design? And you go, oh, they probably just read it too fast. Or like the person who read it didn't realize that that, that specific English vernacular wasn't going to work. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, anybody out there playing Dark Side just uh, think twice now. He's a great attacker still. You just can't gain mission points the way that he Ver- used to. Verify with your judge before you uh, commit your build. <laughs> um, do you maybe see an errata coming for him? I guess they just they would just have to take the last part out of his text away to make him work. I would like to see an errata coming for him. Um, I would also like... Yeah, I, I feel like he... He shouldn't have had knockback. He should have just had force blast. But that's that's a personal vendetta I have against the character. Yeah, he uh, they they should errata him. We'll see what happens. Whether or not it happens before or after worlds, I have to feel like if anybody was trying to play mission points at worlds, that as long as they bring it up to Chris and Barnes Table ahead of time, that they would at least intent rule it. But you never know. Yeah, and Barnes Table is going to be a judge at worlds, so. If you do have a question and you are playing Dark Side and you are going to Worlds, reach out to Barnstable and I'm sure he'd be happy to um, help and let you know if it's going to be uh, mission pointable or not. Uh, but that was Cheesehead Championship. Thanks for everyone for coming out. It was a blast. I look forward to next year. Uh, I'm thinking of moving the event to early November next year to hopefully get more people. I don't know if it was just because it was in between Nationals and Worlds or what it was but like i said i was hoping for more people but i understand i pokemon Gold fest was that week i know lucas i reached out to you long before when i was reaching out and you weren't planning on coming because of pokemon Gold fest but then you decided to come to us so i don't know if that was something that uh played into it but i'm thinking of having it be like the first if you want to call it big event um after rotation happens so and obviously before all the holidays so i'd want to do it like the first or second week end of november before thanksgiving and all that stuff so i'm hoping and that's the plan is for next year but obviously um stay tuned for more details as the year goes on um 
So let's talk a little bit about Worlds, which is coming up in about two weeks. Uh, those three guys are going. I'm not. Lucas, you've kind of already talked about your team and what you're going to play, unless you that's just a red herring and you're going to come with something completely different to Worlds. Uh, are you the planning? Only, the only reason why I would ever do that and completely change my team isn't because of a red herring. It would be because something comes up or something comes to my attention that just completely and utterly makes my team unplayable or makes it too risky to play. Um, as of right now, I haven't seen anything, um, hmm. but you never know. If you, just to throw it out there, if you were to get a Scott Porter before Worlds, would you change your team and add him onto it, or would you keep it the way it is? This is the uh, the black shirt Scott Porter. Yes. Um, he, so, Scott could potentially replace Mephisto. Really? How well he's Mephisto would be the only thing that would would make sense to go away because Jim and Scarab aren't going away, Apoc and Apoc aren't going away, and Genesis isn't going away. So like, if anything was going to go away, it would be Scott, or sorry, it would be Mephisto. Um, however, I'm not a hundred percent sure um, that that's worth it. However, there are there is something to be said about potentially getting back theme probs an extra perplex um and then support on the team i don't hate any of that stuff uh but i would just have to kind of uh end a tk that's not scarab right yeah tk doesn't come up super often but that doesn't mean it wouldn't on a different map i, yeah, I, was... I was able to play i won initiative every single game at uh cheesehead i don't think that i'm gonna get that lucky at worlds yeah, I was more or less thinking just because you you're not usually using Scarab for his EK. I mean, you certainly can. It just doesn't seem like I when I see him play, that's not usually what people are going for. Yeah, so it was it was one of those things where I used the TK to destroy objects, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. Um, and then he also does give friendly character that share a key worth him plus one. Um, I believe he gets every keyword in the game, or no, he chooses one. Sorry. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, the plus one a, bump. You get a keyword and a team ability. And then you get the community tokens, which lets you re-roll any D6 yeah. roll, I think it is, or any yeah, roll. Yeah, he just, he gives the entire, your entire team static plus one defense when adjacent to a friendly character that shares a keyword with them. So, yep. like, my, my entire team is always adjacent to each other, or, like, two people are always adjacent. So my entire team would just be a static plus one defense. Which it's, it's not bad. I don't I don't hate the idea of uh, Genesis and Apoc being a uh, an eighteen. And honestly, if I if I if Scott actually, you guys are getting me to think about this now. So thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> because if Scott became legal, that would free up five points. So then I could play Scott with the um, Captain Carter shield. So that would actually put my entire team up to a nineteen defense, which I like. A lot. I'm just putting no. this out there. Scott Crampton is only four points for you. No, because then he's just gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just know that you were saying at the tournament that if there's a Scott Crampton on the board, you are beelining for yeah, that. That was that was every be my single first time. Target. And then I, nobody I played against was playing one because they all have taste. But it was, uh, yeah, I, I would have made a beeline. Like that's a, a perfect way to get me to commit to making a terrible plays to put a Scott. Crampton on your team because that's the first thing that's going to die. 
Guaranteed. There was there was one. I think Dalton plays Scott Crampton, but no one else played. Yes, he did. Play him, so. But he, he's the I think the one person that played Scott Crampton. Yes, to give uh, to give Scott some credit in Tulsa States, there was a top eight match that was won by a single point because of Scott <laughs> Crampton. Caleb Reddick lost because of Scott Crampton. So it was uh I mean it, it can do a thing, but yeah, I don't know if he'll find his way onto my teams, at least not unless I'm playing something specifically with Mastermind and he's my first target. So the only way is to get him off the board as quick as possible if he's on your team. Yeah, because you can't push him to death anymore. Yep. So otherwise <laughs> I would just push him to death. I mean you could lava pool him <laughs> if you really wanted to. Oh yeah, he's good. Yeah. That's a good idea. Uh, ter- All right, I might just, have to think about just it. Terminator him right into the lava pool. <laughs> um, and then remind me what is going on Friday at World. So the modern is on Saturday. What's on Friday? Teams. Teams is Friday. Yep. Yep. Okay, I thought that was. Then what's on Sunday? Uh, pulp? I believe Sunday is pulp, and then also uh, singles finals. Okay, was it reversed pulp, last year? Was pulp got, no pulp got moved to Thursday. Remember, there was that big. Oh, uh, then it's probably theme on Sunday, right? Oh yeah, you're um, right. It's theme, man. No, no, theme is Friday. I think if you don't make top cut of Team Worlds, then you can go play themed. Oh, okay, is there just this is just battle royals and finals, singles finals yes. going on Sunday? Okay, yeah, that sounds right. Oh yeah, because they wrap up pretty early on Sunday. I think it's like two o'clock. They're done. Yeah, the they, they they tell you to get your shit and get out. Yep. So, <laughs> um, do you have? We won't go into your other teams, but do you have a team for this year's teams, Lucas? Wait. Um, it's- it's sealed though. Or... Yeah, he's talking about the other players that I'm playing with. Oh, gotcha. I think I'm with Joe and Wes. I think last I was told. So, we'll we'll see if that ends up being the case. Uh, Joe Alves and Wes Summers, for, for what it's worth. Sorry, my son came down and scared the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> um. So sorry. Who are you playing with for Team Sealed? I think it's Joe Alves and Wes Summers. Is that who you played not. with last year? Last year was Joe and Kevin. Joe and Kevin. Yeah. Um, oh. And I know you had a you had a good run in everything except for when you played Bruno in the finals, and I think you mentioned that like, you couldn't roll above a four the entire time you played against. Oh yeah, him. I missed every every damn attack. It was bad. Like it was really bad. And then like to Bruno's credit, he started missing a bunch of attacks too. Like it, there was like probably six or seven odd turns where we just were swinging at the at the air for a little bit. But yeah, basically Bruno moved up in a position where if I get the alpha strike on him, the game's over and I needed a seven and I had like five shots at it and I missed. So steam team probs are still a thing. Yep. Yeah. They were still a thing last year. So, yep. Um, all right. Let's talk to Dan and Ryan a little bit now, Dan, I know you're going to switch up your team a little bit for worlds. Are you willing to talk about your team at all? Yeah, sure. Um, so I was going to play an Avengers switch team, but I switched to playing animals. Uh, so mine is Earthborn, the two by two pog, your pog. Uh, currently it's rocket raccoon with the shock gauntlets, uh, chipped with the green lantern ring, lockjaw, and then high Evo with the, uh, uh, the isotope. So that is my team currently. I'm still play testing it. I might make a couple tweaks, but that is my team currently. It's a wild team. Uh, I wanted something really aggressive, and this fit my playstyle. Also, Firstborn, being able to mastermind a lockjaw made him a lot safer. So I wasn't as worried about him uh, getting cleaned up as quickly. Oh, word. Yeah, no, that so, makes sense. 
Yeah, because the, uh, the the twice I've played it now that worked pretty well. So I'm 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 basically dabbling with like the last fifty points, which is currently Rocket with the shock gauntlets. But I don't know if I should be doing something different. So what uh, what sword on Pog? Uh, I can choose any one. I've played the combination of Muramasa. I've also played the actual Pog your Pog sword because I faced a Agatha and I was able to hit from outside of her rune mm. radius. So, yeah. and he has precision, so I actually chewed right through her. There you go. That's not a terrible Scarlet Witch counter. I like that. That's good. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can hit from four away. I don't have to be in the rune. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's not bad at all. I like that. Cool. Yeah, I thought Firstborn was always kind of overlooked. He is 90 points, but he does do a lot with, he locks you up with uh, tokens. He gets plus one to his attack and defense for each token on an adjacent opposing character. So he could potentially be a 14 for seven if he wanted to be. Um, And he's got the vampire dial. He's got the cosmic energy. uh, He's got steel energy. He does have retail if you really do need it but then with the combination of lockjaw to just mastermind to lockjaw it's a great way to keep him alive uh i was also still able to steal equipment with poggy pog so i both i stole both the necro from spider-man and put it on poggy pog and then i stole the uh in another match i stole the uh the dark hold from Ag- or from agatha and i gave it to uh Poggy Pog, or sorry, or no, Firstborn. So that was kind of hilarious to just steal equipment and then give it to Firstborn. Oh, there you go. And then you're playing in teams as well. Who are your two teammates? Uh, we Robert, who you and I played with at Nats back in twenty. Was that nine? Was that twenty twenty? Roll twenty Nats. Remember that, Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so him and his buddy Aaron, they're both from Mississippi, so they're driving up, so they'll be there. Uh, so I'm rooming with them, and I'm playing Team Seal with them. Those were the good old days when you can uh, single pulse wave for full damage, like the good old days. Oh, yeah. Um, and then are you playing in anything else, Dan, besides Team and Modern? I won't be rolling until Thursday night, so... I don't think so. I think it's just going to be modern and teams for the most part, and then some BRs if I can get in them. Uh, yeah, I think it's the the plan is Miles will be there, Ryan and Christine will be there, uh, Matt slash Pete will be there. I don't know if Dalton or Cheesehead are going in. I think they're Cheesehead. thinking about it. Cheesehead's gone. No, Cheesehead's gone for Cheesehead's sure. Going. Uh, but I know um, Ryan, Dan, and Christine are all flying out, but then Matt is driving, and then they're all driving back together. Uh, when they leave, so it'll be it'll be a fun car ride home. No, I'm actually driving down with Pete now because oh, you are. Yeah, okay. He asked. He asked me. I was like, uh, sure, that works too. So, how far is it for you guys of a drive? Eight hours, I think. Yeah, eight uh, eight ish, eight eight and a half. You guys got it so freaking easy. Holy cow! What's your drive? Fifteen or oh, Memphis? Uh, yeah, Memphis is fifteen. Ouch. Yeah. Well, any anything on that side of the country is always going to be easier for us than you. Come on now, that'd be, that'd be well, like I was saying. Oh, hey, hey, you guys got it easier driving to California than we do. <laughs> we wouldn't drive to California. We'd I, fly. I think uh, even if when we if I can go to Huntington's next year, it's only like a nine hour drive, nine and a half hour drive, something like that. Yeah, that one's seventeen for us. Yeah, and then I know Origins for us is eight hours. I mean, we're kind of right, obviously, right in the middle of the country. So it's kind of nice, and you're more west in South Dakota, so it is a little bit more of a drive for you. Yeah, we're actually in the middle of the country. Yeah, 
Just not, not, <laughs> yeah. just not where all the events are held. Yeah, if you if you look at the the geographic center of of the United States, it's Kansas City. <laughs> we're just north of Kansas City, but uh, yeah, it's we're probably gonna leave Wednesday night and uh, show up when we get there. Probably you know Thursday around noon or whatever. But and are, you just, are, you just, are you just rotating drivers and then sleeping? That's the deal. So. I do almost all driving when we go somewhere. That's primarily because A, I drive fast, and B, I don't really fit in vehicles, um, except for the driver's seat. Because the driver's seat always has the most space. Like any, just about any vehicle, when I ride in the passenger seat, my knees are just jammed up against the dash. That's like always the case. So I do most, if not all, of the driving. Now, the, the downside of that is I am a terrible night driver. So I'll probably do the first leg and about two in the morning or so I'll have to hand off to somebody until the morning and then I'll pick up again and probably drive the, you know, most of, if not the entire way home as well. So, yep. Um, Ryan, are you going to play pretty much the same team for worlds or do you have any tweaking you're going to do to it? Uh, I think the only thing I might change is just like a tarot card. Um, other than that, I think that's about it. The one that hasn't really came into play was that one for super strength. Basically, Spider-Man can keep generating standard objects because it's just taking an action and then just dropping them for Saki. But it's just it's never been an issue. So I don't think I maybe once it helped out of all the games I've played um, since states started. So if I can find something to replace that, that's really the only thing I'm gonna. Um, replace because it's been really nice being able to practice with all these events this year finally um, like all the in-person events so I actually feel pretty good uh, going into Worlds last year I made my team I think the Sunday before we left and practiced half a game before we actually got there so never fun I I think you get rid of the Emperor man that card doesn't seem to be <laughs> that, that card has come in clutch so many times <laughs> yeah I was I'm still debating on whether I should play Tarot or not that's always like uh, should I do this? I don't know. This is the first time it hasn't bit me in the ass for an entire event, so I am a little bit higher up on it right now. I think it's about 50-50 of biting you in the ass or not, because like, when I played Dalton, the only reason why his Sky Tyrant got KO'd was because his own tarot card that gave you plus two to perplex came up. If it didn't, his Sky Tyrant would still be alive. To this day. Fun fact. Yep. <laughs> to this day. I will say it was a little bittersweet that I'm ending my Sky Tyrant career on a KO against him where he literally suicided himself um, <laughs> because I'm not playing any more modern until then. Cause we have our pre-release coming up and that's it. And then the uh, rotation will happen. So it is a little bit bittersweet that sky Tyrant went out the way he did against me. I'll run a, I will say with uh, a tarot. event and I'll have four. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And I'll, I'll, I'll borrow one and run the fifth one. <laughs> I'll make sure that that's a banned event for sky Tyrant. For, um, for tarot, for what it's worth, you really the art of the art of getting a good tarot deck is finding as many cards as possible that are semi beneficial to your team, that are neutrally beneficial or or detrimental to opposing teams. So like, you'll notice like, I don't run the star on my team because I don't need to give people the opportunity to crit hit me. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't run uh, high priestess because I don't need to give people the opportunity to re-roll something like a crucial willpower or a crucial super senses and win the game. Cause that happened to me at worlds last year. So for tarot, if you can find five reasonable cards 
that are either burners or don't really Im- impact the game state for either player or benefit you very little but not your opponent at all, that's kind of where you want to be. That's one of the main reasons why I was playing the sun. Because um, I don't have any stealth, so it didn't really matter. I, I, Apoc has stealth, but that is not a big deal. That would be my the one advice. The one that's bit me in the ass the most, I think, is the Queen of Wands, where you uh, increase the roll by plus one uh-huh. of all D6 rolls, single D6 rolls. Yeah, and I'm considering removing that one from my deck as well. Um, just for the same exact reason. Uh, if anything, I'm going to go King of Wands. Which is that one? Oh, yeah, that's when you, when you take a... Is it when you hit with an attack, you remove an action token from yourself? Correct. It's it's wonderful versus Spider-Man, because he can't double token himself. Yeah, yeah it's I, terrible. I was, kind of, I, was, Spider-Man. I was thinking about that now since I switched my team, because I played that with Spider-Man once, because I just needed a wands, and I was like, oh, this oh, is man. terrible for me, actually. Yeah. No, and it was awful. Not optional. <laughs> yep, I, I think I like, a, for, for teams that don't have a lot of super senses, if you want a way to counter Spider-Man as well... Considered nine of swords. I have that on. Card. I have that on my team because I have precision. That's what I was running was the nine of swords because then so he just can't you're evade. See, you're about to see a lot of Spider-Man at Worlds, a lot. Uh, Spider-Man and Scarlet Witch will make up over half the field. I can almost guarantee it. Yeah, I still trend. would rather play against that though than Thanos and. Uh... I liked uh, I like Apocalypse, and actually, that's a piece. Um, the the two by two that you were playing, that's a piece that I was kind of just shelving until after rotation because I really loved that piece a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, with everyone playing him and with Scarab, that didn't lead to a lot of fun games at Worlds. I, all I really played was Thanos and uh, Apocalypse in all five of my matches. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Well, I do wish everybody luck down there in Memphis. I wish I could go, but unfortunately I have a wedding that day, so hopefully next year. I will be going to Florida. Um, If you have not seen, David Newmark did post the link for the rooms for Florida, so if you have not had a chance to get those, get those because it is a heck of a deal this year. He knocked the price down to, I think it was like 120 or something like that compared to the 250 it was last year. I've got my uh, room booked already. I believe everyone here also does as well, and I'm looking at flights right now, so I cannot wait for the next big event after Worlds. Uh, And Lucas, I do believe you are judging that as well. That is correct, with Mr. PJ Bolin and Mr. Anthony Barnstable. So like always, Newmark puts on a great event, so I hope to see everybody down there as well. All right, we are going to end... Oh, uh, Ryan, I forgot to mention, who is going to be your teammates for Team Sealed? Oh, we made a uh, top 16 with uh, my wife, Christine, and uh, Ryan Rios, another one of our locals that we play with all the time here. So we're running that back this year again. And uh, Dial H will be doing the coverage like they did last year. Just make sure you don't pose for them whenever they do an interview with you because they will make you into a meme. Uh, so we will end the last bit of the podcast here with some questions. So we got three of them on our Facebook page. So Morkberg said, what was the team that was the most unique at the Cheesehead Championship? I'd have to give that one to probably Anthony with the uh, Crush Wolverine. Sure. Uh, uh, just because no one plays that Doctor Strange and no one plays Valeria anymore. No one plays Black Widow and no one plays Wolverine. So it was a team of kind of non-played teams and he made it work really well that he got all the way to uh, top eight with it. Uh, he, he ran figures that nobody else was using. That's for sure. Yep. <laughs> uh, he also asked, could you tell us a bit more about the winner of Fellowship? 
Uh, Lucas, you know Ethan a little bit more. Just want to give us a little tidbit about Ethan. He's actually part of our team, uh, but I haven't really had a chance to talk to him that much uh, recently. Yeah, so Ethan is uh, a local of mine. Um, he <laughs> just recently started playing up Clicks again um, and has a really good attitude about it. Has just been having fun traveling and and uh, playing to the best of his ability. Um, it's one of those things where at my local venue, we are pretty strict about um, community, pretty strict about um, realizing that it's not about you. It's about uh, it's about the game. It's about the, the fun of the sport. It's about the community. And there's, you know, we, we really come down hard on people for getting a little too bent out of shape. Um, this is coming from somebody who used to struggle with that pretty heavily. And so, you know, I I think that Ethan exemplifies that really well. I, I had no issues with him earning the, the fellowship award. I think he did a great job on Saturday just rolling with the punches, living by the example of it is what it is, and you know, you just you just uh, play to have fun and don't let don't let anything about a little plastic toy game get you down. So yeah, I do agree. Ethan does look like he's a blast to play against. I watched him play against Ryan both times, and he just seemed like he was having fun the whole time. That is something that I have to get a little bit better at, too, is that when I lose a game, I get a little mopey, and I'm trying to get better at that because nobody likes to lose. But like Lucas said, you just have to realize it's just a, a game with little plastic figurines, and you just can't take it as hard as some people do. So it's I am working don't on that. Take it so hard. What's that? It's not a dick. Don't take it so hard. It's not a dick. Yep. <laughs> Um, and then Mark also asked as part of that, he has a couple questions. He says, does anyone know where the fellowship title came from? Um, I've been playing since collateral damage. I don't know if it was just something that someone came up with when the game first started or what Lucas, do you know how fellowship came to be? If I recall correctly, um, and I could be wrong here. I think the best person to talk to about this would be Scott Crampton because since he's been around since the stone age. But if I recall correctly, the gentleman who first came up with Hero Clicks was the guy who invented the idea of Fellowship. Now I could be again could be wrong there. I'm sure the idea came from another game or whatever. But how it how it lives in the in the Hero Clicks uh, community today, I believe was was thanks to him. Um, and yeah, it's just a, the idea of is who who best exemplified the community that we are all a part of and strive to uh, uphold. You know. It's it's not a closely guarded secret that HeroClix has one of the best communities, if not the best community in gaming. Um, everybody is, as a as a general rule, is polite and friendly and just wants to have fun. And you know we don't have the um, the the sweaty the sweaty neckbeards at at the table who tear up their decks when they lose to a child. You know that's not that's not something that happens in HeroClix. Yeah, people get hot every once in a while and people lose their shit, but that's just that's just life. Uh, for the most part, everybody's always friendly and and cordial and has a good time. And I think the, the fellowship usually goes to the person who helped that along and did the best job of uh, living by example. So, and that's been a thing, yeah, for as long as anybody can remember. Uh, Mark also has two more questions. The first one is, where did the name Cheesehead come from? We're from Wisconsin. We're known as Cheeseheads. That's why I decided to call it Cheesehead Championship. 
And then the last one is for LTVH, which is Lucas. He says, how do you plan and fit out so many events in Heroclix? I constantly see your name on multiple events, whether it be small events, states, or big events like National Worlds and Huntington's for Heroclix. So, yes, I've always wanted that, too. Uh, it's not only Lucas, but, like, it's Daniel, it's PJ, it's Caleb. It's the, the circuit players, I call you guys, that you always seem to make it to all these events. Uh, so how are you always able to make it to events where, wherever it is in the country? Who asked this one? Uh, Mork, our Australian buddy. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, so for me personally, everybody everybody's different. Everybody has a different uh, schedule, different life, different uh, things that they can do. Um, for me, uh, one of the very first things that I had a, we'll call it a come to Jesus talk, if you will, with my wife was that Euroclix was something that I was very committed to, something that I was very interested in, and something that I didn't want to give up. Um, and so that has been the one thing that I can kind of do at this point in my life without any sort of grievance or any sort of uh, pushback, is I, I just tell her, hey, I've got an event coming up, and she says, okay, uh, as long as we can afford it, as long as it's taken care of, um, it's not a big deal. So uh, that's that's something that she's graciously been very supportive of me with as long as we've been together. We've been together for almost as... Well, we've been together longer than I've been playing the game, but I've been playing almost as long. And it's... Um, yeah, it's just one of those things where I won't lie. Um, being, being a little skilled, a little gifted at the game helps because I'm able to resell some of the stuff I get in order to recoup costs. Um, from the games, like for example, at Worlds last year, you know, I ended up winning two Chase Prime sets of Ten of Swords and a factory set of Disney Plus. Um, those aren't still sitting in my basement; <laughs> those are long gone. You know, as an as an example. Um, and so, yeah, it's just I've been able to kind of make it a little bit self sufficient. I wouldn't say I make money by playing HeroClix, but I do definitely. Uh, it's one of the things that I spend my disposable income on and have a good support structure around to be able to do. And I think, uh, for, you know, for somebody like Dan, um, him and his wife both play, you know, that makes it easier. Uh, Ryan and Christine, you guys both play. It's easier mm -hmm. to support somebody in their hobby when they're both interested in doing it. Now, uh -huh. obviously with children, if, you know, if you got a good family or good structure to be able to get the little ones taken care of, that helps too. But yeah, it's just, uh, this is a this is my hobby. This is what I'm passionate about. And when something's a priority in your life, you make it happen. So that's that's how. There you go. <clears throat> um, next one is for Ryan as uh, from Peter Marshall. He says, "I'm mostly curious to hear about the monthly game that Ryan puts out. What is it? What is the format description? What months? What keywords you play? What are tarot decks like? I've heard you guys mention it a couple times, and it sounds like fun. So why don't you quickly go over what you kind of started with your monthly uh, event at your house?" Uh, yeah, I'll just recap it. Um, <clears throat> basically, it started, um, I think, right around when COVID started. Uh, but it was about three or four of us. We would just uh, pick one generic keyword. And then we would put two regular size two by three maps together and just kind of play it out till it ended. And it would go for about like three, maybe four hours if it was a longer one. 
but now starting, I think it was last December, um, we started, we opened it up to more people. So like, uh, Dan comes down now and we'll run anywhere between usually six to eight people <laughs> and either have three to four maps, um, all put together. And, uh, it's usually we have, I have a whole calendar set out for it. And each month we do this, we got a nice belt that we, uh, hand off to the winner and uh it started out as just generic keywords but i've kind of tweaked it just to kind of keep it interesting so uh, i think two months are you have to have one of um, each of six keywords if i said that right so basically you're making your own team uh, with different words which that one ended up actually being pretty cool uh, because you saw a huge variation in what people wanted to play uh, and then uh, this next month that we're doing is actually going to be a, a named theme team where you can only have one named theme team like on the board. So everyone's got to pick a different one. Uh, sometimes I'll throw in some extra rules. Um, we'll have characters like drop in on the board um, or just random effects that could cause damage or give tokens or something like that based off of the keyword. Like for a soldier, we had like airdrops with uh, care packages and stuff like that. Um, or bombing runs. So sometimes we go a little bit bigger like that. For our Cosmic game, we had um, Galactus come in with Heralds, depending on, and it's all done by like random D6 things. Uh, the Tarot deck is just every Tarot except for the, uh, the Mission Point ones. And then I took out the one where you go back to your starting area because the starting areas kind of get a little bit fuzzy after you keep moving around. And uh, we added in a uh, like shock the turtle type thing where after the third round, the borders start moving in and they continue to move in until it ends up being a 16 by 16. And uh, that's sped the games up because we've had some long ones where we're going like 10 or 11 hours. So if you, if you have a lot of people, uh, it's going to go for a bit. Um, but if you want to talk more about it, give me a message uh, on uh, Facebook, and uh, I can talk to you a little bit more about it. Yeah, I would like to make it to more, but it seems that he always has it on weekends that I have weddings. So I was able to make it to one last year. I uh, brought my son, so then my son and Ryan's son um, played together, and then it blizzarded that day, and it took me three hours to get home. Um, <clears throat> and um, But no, it's an overall good time. They play on the kitchen counter. Like you said, he gets between six to eight people there, and it's just a fun time. He does have his own Facebook page for that, Asgard to Mouth. So if you do want to see that, you can go to that Facebook page, and he posts pictures the day after and then who won. Um, so since you've been doing it, Ryan, real quick question, who has retained the belt the most? Um, like, do you have an ongoing score, like on the back or anything, of who won it? I can go date? back because I, I post all the pictures uh, of everything and the placings of everything. So I can go back. Um, I know, uh, I think on average, I would say Rios and Pete probably take home the belt the most. Uh, but since we started it back in June of last year, no one has held it back to back months. Fair enough. All right, and then the last question is from Matt Tressel, and his is, as a competitive player, so Lucas and uh, Dan and Ryan, because not me, what suggestions or tips and tricks would you have for a returning player from the pre-carded area? Now, pre-carded area, we are talking about, I think, the last pre-carded set was Sinister. So that was right before Avengers and the five-figure booster. So 8, 9, 17, 2. Really? 
That's uh, that's sinister. If you go through sinister and look at just about every single dial, their starting clicks are almost exclusively eight, nine, seventeen, two. I'll have to go back and most, look at that. Most of them with stealth and blades. Yep, it was it was more of an indie set than a sinister set. Um, yep. But yeah, what kind of suggestions, tips, or tricks do you guys have for a returning player from the pre-carded area era? Um, I mean, oh, no, go ahead, Ryan. Uh, I was just gonna say that depending on how carried away you want to get with it, I would listen to every podcast out there, but also know that that's just everyone's opinion. And if you kind of take everyone's opinion and uh, play experiences, you can put together a pretty good idea of what to expect and and where to kind of head. Um, but it's never the final word on anything. Just because people do say this is the best piece, definitely isn't the best piece. Um, plenty of people uh, slept on Spider-Man, and now he's possibly the best piece out there, second to Scarlet Witch. So um, definitely just absorb as much information that you can uh, and then uh, make any event that you can. Yeah, I was I was going to say, you know, play as much as possible. Read your PAC, read your comp. A lot, of, a lot has changed. And, and accept the fact that you're probably... Just like if you were a brand new player, you're probably not going to win for a while. Um, especially at events, larger events. People are very attuned to how this game runs now and are accustomed to the changes that have happened. And if you're not somebody who has kept up with those changes over the years, a lot of it is going to be a big culture shock. So just roll with the punches, take it one step at a time, and just learn as much as you can. Just absorb knowledge. Dan? I guess I'll piggyback off of that. I feel like, yeah, the biggest thing, the one thing I noticed was that if you just kind of play and not worry about, like, trying to necessarily remember what you used to play by, I feel like that might be easier because sometimes you just kind of have to scrape all your, like, I had this when, like, the rules changed between, what, Wonder Woman and even now, where it's like, oh, yeah, that's right, this changed. So being able to kind of scrape all that old stuff, besides, like, I'd say the fundamentals of clicks, right? You're still, like, rolling dice and moving your figures and stuff, but uh, I think it might be easier to learn how the game works now currently and then kind of go from there. Um, if I could give any advice, I'd just say keep your team simple and keep it a team that you like to play. You know, you probably heard us talk about sideline and tarot cards and primes and everything like that. Um, just find a keyword or a bunch of figures you'd like to play. Uh, they don't necessarily have to interact well with each other's, but like if you like Hydra, play a Hydra team. If you like Avengers, play Avengers team. If you like X-Men, you've got so many sets full of X-Men right now that you can play. So just learn the game. Uh, just remember that the game is getting smaller because we are going to smaller maps and smaller sizes. But just if you're coming back from it after that long, just keep your team simple. And like Lucas said and the other guys said, just play as much as you can. Listen to podcasts. Watch videos. I know Dial H has their own, like, um, I think it's called, like, New Clicks on the Block or something like that, where they go over every power and things like that. Like, their little one-minute to two-minute shorts for powers. Um, things like that. But, yeah, just keep it simple coming back. Don't try to uh, make your team too complicated. Uh, because you're just going to get lost in everything that all your figures can do, especially with sidelines and tarot cards and things like that. 
Um, but that is going to be our show. We will be back hopefully next week to talk about uh, some more things. I don't know how much more of Notorious is going to be revealed by that, but hopefully we'll have some more. Uh, pre-releases will be starting soon. I know ours is on the 10th, so we'll be back the 13th to talk about our pre-releases and things like that. And then that week is Worlds, and then we'll have more to talk about the following week. So a lot to talk about the next couple weeks. Uh, Lucas, want to say thank you again for joining us and congratulations on yet another Hero Clicks victory. Um, so, how big is your trophy case at home by now? It depends on what uh, what events you you consider actual events and which ones you don't. I I did look at my ones that I have out after I moved, and I think they're for things that I've actually received trophies for. I think I'm up to twelve. Oh, nice. So we're 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 growing, we're yeah. growing one step at a time. It's trof- trophies and plaques really go a long way. If you are having an event out there, even if it's a small one, just a simple plaque, or even if you go to Goodwill and get yourself a trophy and glue a hero click to the top of it, I mean, it goes a long way for the people that win it. To be honest, mm-hmm. you don't need to. And with the way that three D printers are now, I mean, that's what Jonathan uh, down in Florida did for us. Was he did the three D printout of the. Uh, trophy he basically went to goodwill found a trophy snapped off whatever it was on top and then put on the new one and it turned out great so um i really thank him a lot for doing that um but yeah uh if you want to become a part of our patron which i will do be doing our patron tomorrow night which is gonna be mystery boxes uh head on over to patreon.com backslash clicksing it and any tier level gets you in there and then check out our sponsor over at glass cabinet hobbies and use code clicksing it c-l-i-x-i-n-i-t to get five percent off your order but uh if i don't uh see anybody or talk to anybody until worlds uh good luck at worlds i hope you guys have a blast hopefully it's ran a little bit better this year and you don't have to wait in line for two hours for registration hopefully they got all the kinks out uh from last year but i think it will be a great event to go to um, and remember, not all superheroes wear capes, some roll dice. Have a good night.